Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about lambda encodings, lambda encodings, and more lambda encodings in this chapter six of the podcast. And we are currently talking about something called the Mendler encoding. Again, I, you know, as much time as I've spent studying this, sorry for my <laughs> lack of scholarship to um, not be able to give you the full historical. Uh, deal on this, I can definitely tell you that um, uh, researchers Tarmo Usulu and Varno Vene have several papers talking about the categorical semantics of uh, these essentially Mendler encodings. Um, and those are, uh, some of them are I at least found harder to, to understand than others, but I think they are well-written and clear papers, so um, for a serious study of these topics, that's one possible theoretical source. Um, and anyhow, but let's come back to sort of a little more pragmatic view of what is this Mendler encoding. Um, and as I was saying last time, that you could think about this encoding as solving a particular problem that we run into with the church encoding, which is that your the church encoding basically just makes all possible recursive calls in sight and gives you all the results of those recursive calls. And, you know, this is sort of theoretically adequate, but not really kind of what I want as a programmer. I don't want it to make all imaginable recursive calls on the immediate subdata of my data, because there's some programs that don't need to make those calls. And as I mentioned before, you know, okay, so if you're programming in a lazy paradigm, uh, lazy evaluation where you don't actually do any computation unless you're sort of forced to, to produce some final result or some, um, you know, output of your program, uh, then this would be okay because your program is basically presented with sort of the opportunity to compute all those recursive results. You know, they're just given to you as the, at the type you're trying to recursively compute, uh, a computer member of, but if you don't use them, then you're not actually going to waste any time, except of course for the overhead of implementing lazy evaluation, which is uh, non-trivial. So... Um, if you were in a call by value setting, though, where you, as in usual, most usual programming languages, where when you call a function, you first evaluate the arguments and then pass those results to the function, this would be a really bad way to program. It would again throw off asymptotic complexities in some cases because you're um, you'd be computing all these recursive results that you don't need. So the Mendler encoding could be seen as a way to fix this problem, and. The basic idea, so I gave sort of the high-level kind of idea of what we're trying to do last time, but now let's talk about the details of how you actually pull this off. So what we'd like to do is the um, combining function that you're you're going to try to fold over your data, uh, we're going to change its type yet again. You know, we've seen different types for the Perigo encoding and the Scott encoding. This will have yet a different in, a different type. And uh, the idea is that we are going to, what we'd really like to do is simply do something like the Scott encoding, where we just present you with the subdata at the type that, you know, the, the data type that's in question. So, like, just like with the Scott encoding for a natural number, your combining function is given the predecessor at type nat. Okay. And... So let's just say you're given your combining function will be given the subdata, or like if it's binary trees, it'll just be given the left and right binary trees at type tree, and uh, and then what would be really great 
is if the uh, combining function would just be given something that it can use to call to do recursion on those subdata. So it just give, it's just given a function, like let's say for the binary tree example, you're given the left and right, so you're given left of type tree, right of type tree, and you're given a function tree to x, where x is the uh, type you're trying to um, recursively compute a value of. And so then you can just call that function on the left and right as you wish, or, you know, if you didn't want to use them, or like say you're just returning the left, then you don't call that, that function at all. But you have it available to you to call whenever you want to get the recursive, uh, recursive when you, whenever you want to compute the recursive value for some subdata. Okay, so again, in summary, or like for NAT, let's say. So we, your NAT, we would be given the predecessor NAT, as well as a NAT to X function. And you can call this NAT to X function to compute the value for the predecessor if you want. Now, um, so that's sort of like, that would be pretty cool, but there is a problem with that. So you can see, I hope you can see that um, if you had that, well, that would fix this problem we were complaining about with the church encoding. Because now you, the programmer who's writing these combining functions, you're totally in charge uh, of what recursive calls you want to make. You take this function, like in, in the case of natural numbers, you take this nat to x function, you call it or you don't call it as you wish on the predecessor, okay? And, and so great, we don't have this, this issue with the church that we had with the church encoding, now it's solved. But there is a little problem. <laughs> well, there, this can be said in several different ways. Um, at a sort of type theoretic level, the type we would be trying to write down would no longer be positive recursive. Because we would be saying, okay, nat is defined to be uh, for all x, uh, nat, that's the, let's see, wait a sec, yeah, for all x, nat to, uh, nat to x, to x, sorry, that's a mouthful. So basically saying the combining function for successor is given the predecessor nat, and it's given a nat to x function, and it's supposed to produce an x. And then you're given the value of x for zero, and you return an x. So again, in a long over the airwaves type, it would be for all x, nat arrow, nat arrow x, arrow x, the whole, that whole thing, arrow x, arrow x. Okay, you can like write it down. <laughs> you can't follow what I'm saying, or hopefully, hopefully you can get that. So, um, but you can see that's not going to be positive recursive because the combining function takes in a nat, and that's fine. That would be positive because it's an argument to the combining function, which itself is an argument to the nat. So that's two argument structures in, that means you're positive. You're to the left of two arrows, no problem. So you take a nat, and then though, you need to take a nat to x function. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're in a positive context with that first nat, and that means when we take a nat to x function, that nat in the nat to x, that's negative now. It's to the left of three arrows now. No good, you can't, you can't have that. We can only, if you wanna have a terminating type theory, you can only have positive recursive Types. If you have negative recursive types in general, you're going to go. Uh, you're going to lose normalization. So, um, so that doesn't work. And this is where we take advantage of this cool idea that was um, conceived by this researcher Mendler back when he was a doctoral student at Cornell in the New Pearl Group, um, and he subsequently uh, uh, sort of, as I understand it, kind of drifted out of research and. Um, is not, as far as I know, an active researcher today. And, and um, I have met people who know him, like his fellow, his peers back from 
when he was at Cornell, and it sounds like he had an interesting career and life trajectory, but, but I don't think he's doing research right now. Anyway, his idea, though, was really fantastic, really useful tool for type theory. And again, I explained it last time in a high-level terms. It's simply, if you've got some awkward type occurrences, just abstract them out with new type variables. And here we have some awkward occurrences. You can start to see where the trick um, is useful. We have some awkward occurrences because that negative occurrence of NAT in this type that I'd like to write down, that's no good. I got to get rid of that. So I'm going to get rid of it. And the Mendler trick just says, just abstract it out and replace it with a new um, a new type variable. Uh, and so um, now if I abstract out the one, I'm going to kind of be forced to abstract out the other. You know, I can't say my combining function for nats. I don't want to have it say, well, you take in the predecessor nat, and then you take in a q to x function, where q is this new type variable I just threw in there because I couldn't deal with having a negative occurrence of nat. I could do that. That would be fine, but it would be useless because now my to make a recursive call, I have to have something of type q, and I have nothing of type q lying around, so that's no good. So what you're forced to do is replace both those nat occurrences by this new type variable, let's call it q. Um, so your combining function takes in a, a q, which is sort of a disguised predecessor. It's the predecessor of the number, but it's not given to you at type nat. It's given to you at this mystery type q. And then you're given a q to x function. And so, uh, and, and you're supposed to produce an x. And the, the type q is quantified right here in the combining function. So the combining function needs to take in um, the combining function will be told a type Q. It'll be told the predecessor at this mystery type Q, and it will be told a function used to make recursive calls, and that function will have type Q to X, where X, again, is the type you're trying to recursively compute a value for. So, um, so the combining function type overall, let me try to say it again over the air here, for all Q, Q to X to Q to X. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just mentally making sure I told you the right thing. I think that's right. So, that's where we use this Mendler trick. Abstract away this negative occurrence of NAT, and we're sort of forced to abstract away the positive occurrence of NAT, too. But it's really kind of fine, because... The only role that we're, well, there's, there actually, there is a little wrinkle here, but we could say if all we really wanted to do was say, here's some subdata, here's a function you can use to call on that subdata to get, subdata to get the recursive result, that's fine. We just, the subdata, kind of doesn't matter what type the subdata has, it just has some random type Q, and this function takes one of those Qs and gives you an X. And so it's kind of like lock and key. We just say like, here's, you know, Here's the the key is the subdata of type Q, the lock is um, you know the input of type Q, and you just put them together and you get your X, uh, and so um, that puts the explicit recursion into the hand of the programmer, who can then decide to make these calls or not make these calls, and it by using this Mendler trick of abstracting away the awkward types, we have a positive recursive type now. In fact. We don't even have a recursive type anymore. It's just a positive type. And that reveals there was, so it was sort of saying like, I was kind of hinting that, oh, the only thing we, we you know, it didn't really matter that the, the, the subdata was of type nat and this function we wanted to, wanted to call took in a nat really could have just been any type Q. 
Yeah, that's not entirely true because there was a reason we wanted the subdata of type that, and that was so that we could just immediately return it if we wanted to, just like in the Scott encoding or Perigo encoding. So we could give you back a predecessor for a number without having to do a fold to compute that predecessor. So, so but this little change we've made, we have sacrificed something because now we don't have the subdata at type nat. We just got it at, sub, at mystery type Q, and we don't have a way to convert that Q to a nat. Um, and that's actually the little twist that's sensible to make to this Mendler encoding, is just to have the combining function also take in a uh, Q to nat function. Okay, so we have this, the Mendler encoding introduces this abstract type to hide the awkward type occurrence. And, but we need some way to reveal that the abstract type really is nat. Okay, and that, that, that sort of solves this problem. So the combining function will take in, um, it takes in, the, the again, for nats, it takes in the predecessor at type Q, takes in sort of the eval function, which is of type Q to X, and it takes in what I like to call the reveal function, which is Q to nat. That tells you, that basically lets you see that Q, you know, go through the abstraction if you want to know that a Q really is a nat. Now, it's only one way, though. You can only turn Qs into nats. You can't turn nats into Qs. Okay? And so anyway, the combining function is given all these pieces. It starts to be kind of a pileup of stuff that the combining function receives. And I am coining the term recursion universe for this pile of stuff. You've got this abstract type Q. You've got this eval function that's Q to X. You've got a reveal function that's Q to nat. And you're supposed to produce an X. And so I, I'm dubbing the, this sort of pile of, of goodies that you get to use when you're writing a recursion a recursion universe. Because I'm thinking of um, this Q is kind of like a set. And these various operations are sort of showing you that it's okay to to close that set under certain operations. I mean, so you you can do evals, you can do reveals, and um, as we come up with fancier recursion universes, there's more that you can do. And you still stay in the realm of terminating computation. So, um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so that's what we, that's the sort of starting Mendler encoding. The basic one doesn't have that reveal function, but you can add the reveal function, and now you can do everything you could do with the Perigo encoding, which was sort of our most flexible encoding to date. Uh, but in addition, you can control the recursion yourself, which is pretty great. Um, I'd mentioned that there are type theoretic reasons where we're not going to be allowed to write, have our eval function be a nat to x function. There's also, you know, that if you think about it, if, so sort of backing out of that, what we were just talking about, and, and going back to sort of the original discussion, well, I've given you the predecessor nat and a nat to x function, well, another reason why this isn't sensible is with the nat text function, you can make recursive calls on any nat you want. <laughs> Bigger nats, for example. And so you could write divergent computations that way easily. So we can't have the combining function cannot be given a nat text function. It needs to be, there needs to be some more restriction. And the beautiful thing with this Mendler technique is you can impose this restriction without any kind of weird, like keeping track of sizes of things or anything like that. You just say, you've got this abstract type got your subdata at that abstract type. You're allowed to make recursive calls on things of that abstract type. And you can reveal that the abstract type is nat. But you cannot go the other way. You cannot embed nat to q. You can only turn a q into a nat. Okay, so um, that's all I have to share with you today. I uh, hope I didn't talk your ear off too much with that. Thank you for listening.